KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio in depth. I'm Matt Leon. We have obviously talked a lot about the COVID 19 vaccine on the podcast, how it was developed, how it's been rolled out, how effective it is. But one angle we hadn't addressed hearing from the people doing the vaccinating, the ones actually putting needles into arms. So we wanted to talk to folks who have been doing just that for several months. We caught up with four of them. They all work for Inspira Health in South Jersey. We will let them introduce themselves. Good afternoon. My name is Ed Dix. I'm the director of pharmacy for Inspira Medical Center, Mullica Hill. Hey, my name is Sarah Keaton. I'm an RN case manager for the NJC program through Inspira. My name is Raquel Alvarado. I'm the one of the employee health nurses for Inspira. Hi, my name is Tina Robinson. I'm the employee health manager for Inspira Health. We talk about how they got involved in vaccinating people, some of their experiences, and what it's meant to them to be a part of this. We should note that since December 17th, as of the recording of this podcast, Inspira had provided 79,275 vaccinations. 44,421 first doses, 34,144 second doses. That's a lot. And this is a really interesting and important conversation. Give a listen. So, Ed, I'll start with you. How did you get involved in the vaccination process? Is it part of your job? Was this something you volunteered, you wanted to be a part of? You know, how did it come together? Throughout COVID, we knew that I, I always knew that once vaccines were available, it was going to be for pharmacy center stage. This is exactly what uh, this is what we do. So we've been I have been living and eating, breathing and sleeping vaccine probably since July, August of last year. As we got more word and information as data was published, as pharmacies were the only places to receive it. We had the foresight. You know, we did put in a request to get the ultra cold freezer way back in August, September of last year, and our administration fully supported it, and we were able to order them before they were on back order. We were poised and positioned in order to be able to receive Pfizer, which was the leading candidate at the time to be a vaccine. So um, at the same time, I would say, well, in August, we had to complete what they call CDC provider agreements. It's basically a, a, an agreement between you and, and the CDC stating that you, you would be utilizing the vaccine in accordance with the rules and regulations of the emergency use authorization. And, you know, you had to have a vaccine coordinator for each site as well as um, a backup coordinator. So I'm the primary vaccine coordinator for Mullica Hill. And then subsequently, you know, uh, the single point of contact for vaccines between Inspira Health and uh, the Department of Health, New Jersey Department of Health. We store the vaccine. We are responsible for making sure uh, it is reconstituted, drawn up, labeled, administered appropriately, as well as reported appropriately. We have to submit all of our reports of everyone we have vaccinated within 24 hours of vaccinations. So it's it's a huge team that's involved in doing this. But yeah, you know, pharmacy and in uh, the vaccine pods are you know front and center for this. Sarah, same question to you. How did you get? Does this fall under your umbrella, or is this something you pursued? I actually pursued it. I um, work in the cancer center and I don't work directly with patients. So actually last spring I was furloughed for um, quite a few weeks and I, you know, jumped at the opportunity to directly help, you know, with patient care, if you will. So my manager had mentioned that there were needs for RN vaccinators in the pods. So I was able to kind of flex my schedule to be able to do one day a week at least to vaccinate in the pods. Um, And it's been, you know, super rewarding for me. Raquel? So because we work in employee health, we've been at the forefront of 
everything COVID since March and managing the employees, their illnesses, those types of things. And as the time started getting closer to a vaccine being approved, my leadership team, Ed's team came together with different committees and we were just involved in the process with that. And then once we actually up and running, started with the employees, we were able to go out, help vaccinate them first. And then when we opened up to the communities, we were able to support our leadership team out there as well. And Tina, same question. Well, I echo what Raquel said, being the employee health manager of the network since March of 2020. Employee health has been managing the health and wellness of the employees, uh, the illnesses of the employees. And then once the vaccine got approved and we moved towards putting up our pods for the hospital system, myself along with Ed Dix are the operation leads for the Mullica Hill site. Uh, My director is operation lead for the Vineland site. And uh, that's how we got involved with uh, the vaccine process. And I'll double up with you, Tina. What's the experience been like? Uh, The whole experience has been very rewarding. You know, vaccinating family and friends, particularly my parents, it's brought an extra feeling of humility to be able to give them the gift of protection. So it's been very rewarding, humbling, um, and just an amazing experience to be a part of. How about for you, Raquel? Being able to be a part of such an epic time in history is amazing. Um, You know, we never really thought that we would live to see something like this. The ability to be able to vaccinate my coworkers, my family members, members of the community has been such a rewarding experience. And the sheer volume of appreciation that we have gotten from the community members is is very overwhelming and very humbling. Sarah? Yeah, like I said before, um, I don't typically work directly with patients. So during this global pandemic, it's hard to sit back as a nurse and just not be able to do much. So the opportunity has been personally so rewarding to be able to give back to the community and help. And like Raquel said, the gratitude that we receive from the community members has just been amazing. And Ed? I would echo everyone's sentiments. It's It's been an interesting and a long year. Uh, for many people, everything changed. But for us who work in a hospital health system, we went to work every single day. We lived with this. I mean... We, this is what we've seen in the last year. We haven't, we haven't ever seen in our lifetimes, to my knowledge, you know, to live through having a new virus identified and coming through with a vaccine within, within 11 months. I never thought that that would happen anytime soon. When you put your mind to it and you put everyone's efforts on the same global initiative, it's amazing what we can do. And I will say it's very nice that we can we're kind of a vector to be able to help us start getting back on the regular path so that, that we can provide these vaccines, that we can give people protection. I mean, it, it's emotional for a lot of people when they get vaccinated. It's, it's especially when they get that second one, they feel like they're on their way out of the cellar and they're getting back to uh, more normalcy. So it's, I, I enjoy seeing the, the pleasure that the people receive after they've been vaccinated and that we've been able to provide our services and, and help people that we would have never normally met and introduce them to our, um, to our health, healthcare team. Everybody mentioned, you know, the emotions people say, are there any specific stories, any specific moments that really jump out from a person's reaction, maybe something they said, or just the, the look on their face? Uh, and Ed, I'll start with you on this. Yeah, there are dozens of stories. Uh, I mean, I will tell you some, when we first started doing the hospital pod for uh, our own employees and vaccinating, I'll probably say it's the first person that we vaccinated. I, you know, I was, well, besides myself, 
Our pulmon, our critical care pulmonologists have been, you know, incredible here at Mullica Hill. They have been the, on the front lines treating COVID every single day, leaders in, you know, the treatments and, and remdesivir and, and spearheading everything. And when we first got the vaccine, the first people that you vaccinate are the vaccinators. And also we identified the highest risk group because we had to triage it. So they were at the top of our list. And when I vaccinated Dr. Breen, the head of the practice, uh, I mean, he honestly was, it was game changing for him. He felt like he had some type of, you know, shield with him now that when he's going to see the patients. And when we did that for the rest of the employees over the next month, month and a half, it was Many people came to tears. I'm not going to lie. That's, that's some people was very emotional for. Um, and then once we were able to pivot that to the public and seeing individual providing it, you know, my mother's uh, uh, over 65 years of age. So when I got her vaccinated, it was in my, in my, in my in-laws as well. It was, you know, it, it, it gives you great pride that we're able to, you know, to do this. Um, there's some specific stories. I'll let Tina talk about one that were, uh, so I don't steal her thunder, but we have a really good story that, that, that she can share. Yeah, that sounds like a great transition right to Tina. Thanks, <laughs> Ed. Uh, well, I'll echo Ed's sentiments. There are a lot of stories that have come out of um, the pods, both in Vineland and Mullica Hill. One of the ones that I'll share that came out of Mullica Hill and that did hit the um, the news outlets was the Langley sisters. Um there are four of them that came to the pod to be vaccinated. And one of the security officers had alerted to me, oh, you know, there's four sisters um, all in their 80s, 90s that are in the in the tent. You should go talk to them. And going in and talking with them, they're finding out that their niece had been reaching out to um, even some politicians to try to get them vaccinated at one site. And here they were able to all get scheduled at the same time at our site. I pulled together, you know, our PR team and said, you know, we have a really amazing story here um, of four sisters who are all in their 80s and 90s. They haven't seen each other in a year. They used to see each other every Sunday and get together. So we just pulled that storyline together for them. And when they came back for their second doses, we invited some of the news outlets into get that story and get it out there that, you know, how amazing it is that those sisters that are in their 80s and 90s have lived through some hard times in their past. And, you know, here they are in, in this pandemic. They were definitely looking forward to being able to share their time together again. And that was just an amazing story. There were definitely some tears. Raquel, any moments really stick out for you? Uh, the beginning of the month or end of last month, we did um, vaccinations on a Sunday for over 75 crowd. And there were some other folks that were a little bit younger. Um, and there was a young lady that brought her mother and her father. in. I believe her mother was only 63, but she had a lot of medical conditions. So she met criteria. And somehow the father's appointment didn't go through the system. There were some glitches. He didn't get an appointment. And originally they weren't going to vaccinate him. She came and she talked to me. She came from New York to get her parents in North Jersey to bring them down here for this appointment because it was the only appointment she could get. He is the caregiver for the mom who has early onset dementia and Alzheimer's. And she was just very emotional that, you know, she felt that there wasn't much time that her mom was going to, she was going to really be her mom. And we were able to give him his vaccine. And she was so grateful. She said, tonight, I'm going to be able to sleep Three weeks later, when they came back, they came on their own. She did not come with them. However, he came up to me and he hugged me and he thanked me again for being able to get them vaccinated. 
and how grateful his daughter was. And uh, right before she had left on their first visit, she did say to me that, you know, she feels now that she can visit her safely. And he told me that she was actually getting her vaccine the same day in New York um, with one of their um, pods up there. So it was just really nice to be able to give that back to her and um, allow her to be able to spend whatever time she could with her mom while she still remembered who she was. Sarah? Yeah, so um, the most memorable experience for me was actually my first shift that I um, did back in February in, at the Vineland Pod. Um, I was probably an hour into my shift and um, a World War II uh, survivor came over. His son uh, brought him over in his wheelchair and he had a World War II um, hat on. And he said to me, he's like, you're about to vaccinate a 100-year-old. And I kind of like took a breath and I thought, for one, personally, I've never met anybody that's 100 years old. And um, he was just so excited. So we started to talk about his service and how he flew over the Himalayan mountains during his service. Um, so it was super cool and I vaccinated him and was hoping that I eventually, you know, hopefully it would line up to where I could see him again. So I went home and my kids were at my, I have two sons that are six and eight and they were so excited to hear about like how my shift went. And my oldest loves anything military. And so he said, mommy, can you please, can you please ask him if you see him again, two questions for me. And he said, can you ask him what kind of a plane he flew during the war? And then he says, can you ask him if you fought the bad guys? And so the next three weeks, every single shift I completed, my, my kid would say, did you see him yet? Did you see him yet? So thankfully I was able to, um, to line up the time to be able to, you know, give um, the veteran his second shot. And I was able to ask him those questions. The local news was there. It was just like, it's such a rewarding, amazing experience. And then to be able to go home that night, like my kids stayed up past nine o'clock just to wait and hear about, you know, the answer to their question. So it was just really, really cool for me. I'm curious, and I'll start with you on this, Sarah. We, you talk about, everybody's talked about, you know, the emotions of the people getting vaccinated. Is it ever a little overwhelming for you to be be a part of this, to be doing this? for people and to kind of be the conduit where they can exhale? I mean, not overwhelming. If, if anything, I feel like as a nurse, it's what I'm bred to do just to be there to help, you know, in, in this time of need. Um, and it is amazing to see, like, instantly after getting that shot, you see them, like, breathe, a, you know, a breath of relief, if you will. Um, should just think that this is potentially the, you know, this is the end, that there's an end in sight for this. Um, so, yeah, it's been great, but it's, it's also like second nature, I guess, if you will. Raquel? Um, with the way that the pods have been set up and what's going on, we have seen even when there's glitches and things going wrong, people coming in and having so much more patience than they normally would when something goes wrong. They come in, they are very happy to be there. And I think just that joy and contentment and sigh of relief that they have is rubs off on the rest of us. And we're like, yes, we're doing the right things. We're doing all this wonderful stuff for them. And it makes you feel really good. And to just see the relief on all these people's face as they leave the door. Tina, one of Tina's uh, ladies, when she left the pod and we were having a, a meeting and we were having a team's meeting and Tina had to go outside to be able to get reception. There's a probably a 70 some year old uh, patient who had just gotten her second vaccine is skipping and dancing down the parking lot because she was so happy that she was finally fully vaccinated. So those types of things, um, even though it, it's very emotional, sometimes it's so rewarding. Tina, same question. So, I mean, being um, operation lead for the Malka Hill pod, I mean, yes, I've given the vaccinations, um, you know, being able to step into any of the roles that I need to uh, to fulfill, but 
being the lead of something of that magnitude, there's been some challenges, losing generator power, losing a heater. Um, But you know what? We just keep going. Our group keeps going. We just change our course. And although internally I'm feeling scattered and uh, wanting to make sure that everything is going right, you know, we just keep getting people that come up to us and they have no idea that something isn't exactly the way it should be run and isn't exactly the way it should be going. And, and they don't even know, you know, that we lost the generator or we lost the heat and seeing all those things that we're taking care of on the back end. And they're just um, grateful. We've had an outpouring of um, individuals reaching out to senior leadership and their sentiments of what an amazing experience they had. And at the end of the day, when I go home and sit down and, you know, what a day it was, those individuals don't see any of those hardships that we may have had that day. And and that means that we were doing our job very well. And Ed? I'm not going to lie, very much like like Tina, uh, you know, it's the year before COVID, we, we built and moved into a new hospital. And I thought that was the hardest year, year and a half, two years of my life. And then COVID happened. And it was honestly, it was, it felt like all that previous work was just practice for what was going to happen this year. I mean, Tina said that we've pivoted, you know, I think, I feel like we're experts at pivoting and changing course and, and making the best out of what we're given. And I think that we excel at that from the vaccine. It was very is a little overwhelming at first, but then, you know, as you're learning the information, you know, you're the subject matter expert, you're constantly learning. I mean, I remember on a day-to-day basis, there was this new news or new information about the vaccine almost every single day from like October 31st, all the way through until, you know, probably February, March. And it was a little overwhelming at times, but again, uh, you know, being overseeing such, you know, our operations and we've honestly touched 79,000 plus people's lives for the betterment. And I, it's a little overwhelming. I'm sure at some point when things slow down, we'll, I'll, I'll sit back and think, I, I can't believe what we accomplished and, and what we, and how we work together. Tina and I, um, known each other for a little while before COVID, but her and I see each other probably more than our spouses now and, and how much we, we work together and complement each other and, and the rest of the team. I mean, we have, now, that's the other blessing to some of this. You're working with people that you not, may not necessarily have ever worked with before, and, and it just shows you, you know, what can be accomplished. And that's overwhelming from a, a perspective where, you know, strangers can come together and accomplish great things. We've talked a lot about people who were willing to, I think, you know, climb mountains, cross oceans to get a vaccine. Have you come across, and I'll start with you with this, Ed, people that are hesitant that maybe didn't want to do it but their son's making them anything like that do you see a lot of that and going along with that do you see people a sea change in people once they get it and everything's fine we i have seen all of the above i've seen people who have gone i have had people who literally flew up from florida got vaccinated flew back three weeks later the exact same thing I've seen those that their family members were insistent in them getting vaccinated and it made them feel better, especially ones that are, you know, they have older, older family members that may not necessarily know what's going on, but it it brings so much happiness that they can bring, you know, now that their family gets vaccinated, they can bring everybody together a little bit in smaller groups. And then I've seen the people that are like, yeah, you know what, I'll get vaccinated or 
you know, they were adamantly against it. And then, you know, they saw something or the opportunity came up and they went and got vaccinated and like, oh, that really wasn't that bad. I've seen it with people I've known that they could have gotten vaccinated earlier and they were, eh, eh, you know, or the people I had COVID before. So I don't think I need to get vaccinated. And, you know, you have to try to explain to them. You really should, because in order to have longer term immunity, you should really get vaccinated. So you just need to educate people. I think that people hear what's on the news and the media, specifically social media, and it's not reality. And sometimes you just, I, it's, I feel like an obligation to try to just give them the bare bones, honest truth from just a scientific fact perspective. Uh, and, and it has actually changed people's minds. I've had people email me, call me, you know, all hours of the day and night. And um, I've definitely seen all sorts. <laughs> How about for you, Sarah? Have you have you experienced any people like that? Yeah, so I, I feel like I definitely saw some people with hesitation. I Probably the most I saw were people that basically were like, yeah, it's not really for me, but I want to see my grandkids. You know, people that hadn't seen their grandkids in over a year um, that are just willing to do whatever it takes to see them, to meet new grandbabies that they had never met before. So that hesitation or that, you know, that risk more so is worth it for them. Raquel? For, uh, I believe for Tina and I, we've seen a lot of hesitation with our employees initially um, who were hesitant with uh, pretty much any vaccine. And I feel that through a lot of education, seeing that their coworkers have done just fine with the vaccine, um, haven't really had too many side effects. I believe that seeing that and how things are changing and some, we've had quite a few where they've had exposures to very close family members or family members that have gotten COVID um, and have ultimately passed that has um, really made them do a little more research um, and get the vaccine. I personally was hesitant in the beginning, not that I am an anti-vaxxer in any way. It's just that I needed a little bit more time to wrap my head around and do some more research. However, I did have a very close family member who passed from COVID and seeing that and the fact that my kids needed to have a better life and be able to go back to school, have some normalcy. I thought to myself that I needed to put my reservation aside and just go for it because I needed to do it for them. I needed to do it for my coworkers and that was personal responsibility um, as a nurse for the people that I'm caring for. And Tina? Yeah, definitely have seen some hesitation. Um, one time that sticks out is early on in the vaccination process. We were looking at, at the departments and what their vaccination percentages were. And there was one department in particular and the director reached out to me and said, you know, I have a group of six people that are on the fence about it. Would you be willing to come and talk to them? I said, sure. Tell me what time you want me there and where. And I went into the room and there were six of them sitting there. And I um, introduced myself to those that may not have known who I was. And I basically went through what the vaccine is, how it works um, in layman's terms that they could understand. And they had the opportunity to ask me questions. A few of them asked me some questions, and at the end of the session, four out of the six walked right out with me into the vaccination tent to get vaccinated. Definitely some hesitation, but always keeping the lines of communication open and saying, you know, what are your reservations? You know, if I can answer those for you, if I can't answer those, then I'll put you, you know, with someone like Ed, you know, from, from the pharmacist um, end, or even with our medical director. And my final question, and I think, Ed, you alluded to this, it's been a year for everyone in the healthcare field. I think that's to a 
you know, multiple of 10. And then to be on this end of the spectrum where you're, you know, you mentioned 70 some odd thousand lives that, you know, you guys have touched. Are you anticipating a day, whether it's six months, a year from now, when this all really hits you, you finally completely process it all? Yes. I wonder when that day will come. You know, the year of COVID has turned into, you know, we're almost going into our second year. I guess we have crossed into our second year of COVID. And there's still a lot of unknowns. I I mean, will there be another vaccine that will be needed? It's very possible. Uh, It could be an annual flu. Um, But we still don't know all the information from how long the vaccines that we've already tested and how long they're going to last. So I'm hoping that maybe sometime within this year, I'll be able to take a break, sit back and just take it, take it all in. It's just it's it's more than just vaccination from our parts. I mean, it, the vaccine was a huge part of it, but, you know, there's also all kinds of therapies and, you know, we didn't just see, you know, one emergency use authorization this year. We've seen four. Well, actually, we've probably seen about, if you include the, the monoclonal antibodies, you've probably seen about uh, eight, nine. You could go careers with that and never seen an emergency use authorization. So it's been a big game changer, I think, for from, you know, people understanding and seeing how much healthcare can impact others and ha- how people need to have faith and trust in, in, in your healthcare providers, but also that you need to be able to appreciate life and that this is what we're working towards. And now that we have, you know, this is the pathway to getting ourselves back to that normal normalcy of life. How about you, Sarah? So for me, it's it's just even humbling to be on this call with Ed and Tina and Raquel. Like, I, you know, I just did some volunteer shifts, to be honest. And while it was very rewarding, they are, and, and Marlene, like they are giving all they have, like hours on end. So for me to sit back, I, I to this day sit back and I can look at them and, and inspire as a whole and everything that they've done to get this vaccine out to the community. It's just been amazing. And I'm just super proud to be part of the team and to have been able to just do a small, minuscule part in comparison to all my coworkers. Raquel? I think that um, employee health has significantly changed over the past 16 months or so that we've been dealing with this. And even though initially we felt overwhelmed and didn't think we were going to ever see above water again. We've adapted, we've changed, we've just gone with the flow of what we need to do. And at this point, I I don't think that we're going to sit back and and just take it all in. I think we're doing it day by day. We've learned that we need to decompress a little bit. Um, We have a great leadership team that encourages that for all of us to take that moment, a little bit of time for ourselves to you know, decompress from everything that's going on and all of the things that we've been doing. So I think this is going to go on for a long time. And the skills that we've learned so far are helping, I think, every person in our department be able to deal with this um, on a daily basis. And and we're in it for the long haul. And you, Tina. (laughs) So, you know, it's almost come in pieces for me anyway, starting back, as I said, you know, March of last year with COVID and leading the employee health department, you know, through that, you know, all of the uh, work and the countless hours spent to take care of our uh, employee population for the health system, and then to throw the vaccine efforts on top of it, and and the hours and and the change that we've even seen since December starting the vaccination process, you know, we we have more regular staff and we've uh, changed up the hours and 
So when I look back even three months ago to today and the current states, it's like you, you process every bit of it at a time. You know, we're even pivoting now <laughs> to where we are taking our efforts on the road, so to speak. So it's like, okay, we got the pod down. Now what? What's next? You know, I'm sure there is an end somewhere to this. But for now, I just process bits and pieces of it. And then I am sure there will be a day where it all gets processed. And I'm hoping to be sitting on a Caribbean island somewhere (laughs) (laughs) in a hammock with an umbrella drink and able to process all of it. But it's just been an amazing journey, an amazing ride. I couldn't be prouder of of our network, the support of our senior leadership, and just Inspira as a family as a whole. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.